All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Game day continues on. And the sports leader, TSN 1260. Jason Greger show live at the Cabin Pub and Party. Jasper Ave and 116th Street, right on the corner. Stop in. Uh, they got the uh, patio. It's uh, pretty much full already for the patio. Uh, indoors are filling up as uh, people are getting set for game for the Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. Aiden Hill will start in goal for Vegas. Uh, Matthias Janmark uh, expected back in the lineup. Uh, Zach Hyman, game time decision, but uh, based on Broberg and Shore staying out late after the optional skate, I would think Hyman's going to get in, and that would mean uh, 12 and 6 tonight for the Edmonton. Oilers, um, no word on uh, lines, but my my gut tells me that they're going to go with uh, McDavid and Drysaddle on separate lines to start. That's just my gut. Doesn't mean it's true, so don't shoot the messengers. Just my thoughts on it. Uh, they started game one like that. It didn't last very long because they were down three to one. So we'll see where it goes. Now, uh, I got a few. There's, I got to read this one. Hey, guys, uh, my daughter's 19. She has chronic hiccups. Means since she was before she was born. She will get them almost daily. Can be up to 10 minutes an hour. So that one comes from Cam. That's amazing. I never knew that hiccups could last that long. Jeez. Well, thankfully, it's only 10 minutes an hour. But still, every hour, 10 minutes, that'd be brutal. Brutal. So hopefully they find a cure soon. Yikes. Sucks. Look at maybe some uh, uh, non North American medicine, possibly. We seem to be a little bit behind sometimes on some of that stuff, so who knows? Good luck with that, Cam. That is a, that's a tough one. Let's get to the uh, Rashog Report now, brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, heavy haul transport provider, 100% locally owned and operated, and a huge supporter of numerous youth sports teams. We love having kids in the game, nextgentransportation.com, as we uh, welcome... To the show, Ryan Rashog from uh, TSN and uh, Shogger. 
Uh, do you think it's Dry Settle McDavid separate or apart to start tonight? Yeah, it's such a good question, buddy. I'm I'm honestly not sure because here's the deal. I think maybe strategically, based on the way our uh, based on the way that Vegas rolls four lines and the way that they come at you, there probably is some sense to building four lines and trying to get into a rhythm, and probably some sense to separating those two. But then again, when the Oilers are in tight spots in last year's playoffs and even in this year's playoffs, I think Jay Woodcraft has a tendency to just kind of chuck them together and, and you know kind of say go get after it. Just put them together and mix and match and double shift them. And just, you know, if they're going down 3-1 in this series, they're not going down 3-1 in this series with McDavid playing 19 minutes. So I just feel like just because of where things are at, maybe he gravitates towards them together. So I don't know. I'm going to say together, but I'm not sure about that. I'm not positive. Yeah. So I. So you think they're together? I think they're going to be apart to start, like they were in uh, in game one. Now it didn't last very long, of course. And, and you know the big thing tonight for the Edmonton Oilers, they've they've had a history here uh, with this group of of after bad losses bouncing back. Uh, the yeah. Oilers actually haven't lost consecutive games in their last thirty. Right. They uh, if you include playoffs and and regular season, they're twenty three six and one. In, in that time and have never lost uh, two in a row since February 25th and 7th. So they've done well. A lot of people are like, oh, they should put DeHarnay out. Well, DeHarnay, the last two games, actually, I think has been pretty good. He hasn't been on the ice yeah. for a goal against. So, you know, I, I, now's not the time, I don't think, to change it. Their penalty kill the last two games has been better. You know, like at some point you got to start going in the right direction. To me, it comes down tonight. Like, I look at guys like Nugent Hopkins needs to play better. CC Nurse need to play better. I think Evander yep. Kane, he's been engaged in the series, but you know for the right and wrong reasons. Last game for the wrong reasons, but they need him on the scoreboard. Like they got some guys higher up in the lineup. Whereas Vinny DeHarnay is not my main concern. Yeah, I agree. And the fundamental issue with pulling Vinny DeHarnay is, you, you know, now you're playing four left shot defensemen, right? You got to play Broberg out of position yep. in order to have him playing regularly and. As much as he, you know, tries to be comfortable there, I do think there's a drop-off when you, when you do that with guys, and especially with young guys. So I, I think that Dayarnay is part of this team, and I think he's going to be in most nights. Uh, I think he's going to be in every night, and I think they're going to just have to live with the ups and downs of his game. He's big, he's strong, and he can kill penalties. Uh, he's earned it. And I think he's better than what the next option is. So I, I believe he's there and he's there to stay. Uh, and, you know, barring some dramatic downturn in his play. And I would definitely point to Nurse and CC in terms of guys who need to pick up their play well before him, in terms of what's expected of them and what their experience level dictates they need to be bringing. So, yeah, I think you leave it the same. Um, if Jan Mark comes back in tonight, and, and we feel like there's a good chance that he will, um, that's a good ad, right? He's a good penalty killer. He's an experienced player and uh, always plays well against his old teams. One thing, um, and I want to give him credit, uh, Louis DeBrusque and I were chatting this morning, and Louis was pointing to just how much Stanley Cup experience Vegas has compared to the Oilers. I think we counted nine cups and maybe 12 trips to the finals or something like that over on in the other locker room, and the Oilers have two trips to the finals. That's it. There's a dramatic difference in Stanley Cup experience between these two lineups. Um, and, you know, sometimes that can matter in a series like this. 
Oh yeah, no, no question. It, uh, you know, I think it can. Um, you know, I, I look at Edmonton. Like, they just didn't play very well. Like it's not like you know Vegas. I think did everything to limit Edmonton. Edmonton just we saw that they've got more speed than they showed last game. There's no question about it. And so for me, I think last round they didn't come out great when they were trailing two to one remember they were down three nothing the first period against la now i know they hit a crossbar and they can say whatever they want but they were still down three nothing they can't afford that tonight i'm very curious about the start and they've started very well they beat up one nothing every game they've scored twice in the first uh, two and a half minutes and the other time was at 356 so edmonton's actually had a really good start shocker the problem is they haven't held on to them, right? Like, they let Vegas score 40 seconds after they took the lead in game one. Then when they tied at 3-3, they let Vegas score a minute later. Last yeah. game, they score first. They let Vegas score within uh, a minute and a half. So, yes. to me, it's more Edmonton's attention to detail after goals. Yeah, I completely agree, man. Like, you need to take moments that are positive, momentum-changing moments for your team, and then you need to protect them. Because it's not just that moment that matters, right? Boom, goal, yay, feeling good, buildings ignites, everyone's happy, bench is happy. Um, none of that does any good if you just turn around and let them counterpunch right away. So you need to safeguard those moments. The guys heading over the boards, and the next two, three shifts need to understand. you got to go protect that. Go try and get more, but protect that momentum that you just worked so hard to build. And so those shifts after goals need to be back to basics, making sure, stay on the right side of the puck, not taking any unnecessary chances, safeguard your momentum with just good fundamentals. And the owners have a tendency, you know, they give bad ones up right afterwards. They've, they've done this quite a bit. So I completely agree with you. I think it's a good point. What do you make of the Oilers' um, defensive system in the man-to-man? Now, they don't play man-to-man all the time. I went back and I watched the games. That they really yeah. want, like, on, on. we were looking over the white cloud goal, and we talked about it with uh, with Struddy. You know, yeah. Nurse pressure's up, and Nurse said, hey, you know, in that sense, Nurse maybe could have went back, but really it was Fogel waited too long, and Fogel didn't switch, right? He just yeah. should have stayed with the I defenseman agree. in that one, right? And so, yeah, people but, were so mad at Nurse there. Feeling yeah. like he was running out of position. I never thought that he did. They were in man, and he he was on his guy. It was the switch that got mixed up there. Yes, hundred percent, it was. Um, now they don't do it if the guy's on the boards. At least from the games I've watched, mm-hmm. when if, if the if the puck carry is on the boards, they then the they won't switch, and they'll have the uh, or sorry, they will switch, and then the winger takes them on the boards, and the defenseman takes it. But if the puck, watch for it tonight. If the guy in the middle of the ice has the puck and the defenseman's close to him, he's going to stay right with him, even if it means going to the blue line, because they say for the winger, you just take your defenseman, and and that's yeah. what they've done. Um, obviously, <clears throat> that one was an error, but. I look at Edmonton tonight, and to me, the one area that they have to improve on tonight is offensive zone time and tiring out Vegas' defense. I thought Vegas' defense had one of the easiest games, maybe of their, of their playoff lives, in Game 4. They, 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 they only had to deliver three hits because they never had to play defense. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's fair. Um, the one caveat I would put is it was really clear to me that Edmonton wanted to hit Petrangelo every chance they got. Like If you look at that first period, I think he took four pretty significant hits in that first period. McDavid started the game by taking a run at him. Leon Dreisaitl just powered through him. Uh, It looked to me like they were wanting to hit him every chance they had. So I don't know if his first period was necessarily that easy. Um, But I 
I do think they did a good job of absorbing Edmonton's kind of intention to be physical and just they were calm, they broke pucks out, they were they were neat and organized in their own end. Uh, I agree. I remember there were some shifts where they were in the the orders were in the offensive zone and they're dangling around and it was like feeling like, Oh, okay, there's some pressure, there's some pressure and I look up at the shot clock and it hasn't changed. You know, it's one thing to be in the offensive zone, it's another thing to be in there and then make the hard play, take it to the middle and turn it into opportunity. And I, I don't feel they turned their zone time into real good opportunity enough by somebody deciding time to take it there. Um, so I agree with you. Yeah, oh, yeah, not uh, – they just got to do more there. And I want to go to, you know, like the Zach Hyman injury. We'll see how much it, it impacts yeah. him. I, to me, just the way he played, I wouldn't think it was structural, Shogger. Otherwise, why do you let him play in a 5-1 game? Yeah, right? I agree. So to me, it's more like a Charlie Horse contusion type of thing. And, you know, th- those could be painful, and you go through all the massage and everything else, the Cairo and all this different stuff that they have now. But, you know, Zach Hyman's a player that when he's on, he can make a real big difference for them. And I wonder, with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins and, and Hyman not at 100%, how effective that line's going to be. Because they need him, especially with the Eichel Marcheseau line waking up in Game 3. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure what they're going to be able to rely on Hyman for tonight, though, man. And this is, this is part of this ties into the discussion about McDavid and Drysaddle together or McDavid and Drysaddle apart. You know, because I think if if Hyman like Hyman's an important player, and if he if he can take his regular top six minutes, his second line minutes, and help drive a line along with say Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Nick Bukestad you know, you're probably okay with keeping those guys separate. But if he can't, if he's diminished, now you're worried about how much you can play him and and now maybe you're wanting to get one of the skill guys onto that line to just to just a little more pop on both lines. Because a watered down Hyman on a second line makes it makes it tough. I'm not sure how much. Let's see, right? He's he's not the fastest skater out there to begin with and if his skating is at all in, impeded tonight uh, I just wonder how effective he's going to be able to be. Um, I think Kyler Yamamoto needs to have a real good game. I think he needs to come out, and I need. I just think he needs to to do what he does and have energy, but he needs to really push whatever offensive looks he can get. He needs to give them an option. He and Warren Fogle, like if those guys, those guys are options to to move up if they need to. And I just think, you know, with Hyman banged up, if one of those guys can step up and present themselves as an option, um, just through sheer force of will tonight, there's opportunity there. Uh, I think Jay Woodcroft would leap at the chance to promote one of those guys and, and just let Hyman play what he's comfortable. Shogger, we will uh, see you at the rink. Should be a very entertaining uh, game four. Uh, Oilers not on the ropes, but uh, this is a pretty big, uh, important oh, game. They want to get game, this man. You go yeah. down 3-1 against this Vegas team, good luck. Yeah, uh, I would agree wholeheartedly. We'll see you there, buddy. Yeah. That's uh, Ryan Rashog from TS. And the uh, early game is underway. That is Toronto and Florida. Of course, it's the uh, first must-win game of the second round for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, they need a win or their season is over. And then uh, Edmonton and Vegas, the late game. And that's why there's no start time yet. I know many of you have texted in, what's the start time on Friday? The reason it's not announced yet is it depends if Florida 
If Florida wins tonight, then the only game on Friday is Edmonton and Vegas, and that will impact the uh, start time. It likely will be earlier than 8 p.m. Edmonton time. Well, not likely. It will be 100%. How early? Who knows? So uh, keep that in mind for Friday. Quick break. Uh, we will return, and we'll get the uh, Vegas side of things from Shane 90 next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, live at the Cabin Pub and Party. And it's getting busier all the time. Water fans are fired up. A lot of jerseys coming in, so uh, you want to get here, get a good seat. You can watch the orders. And the Golden Knights, uh, $5 cheeseburgers, $4 Canadians, and Coors Light. We continue on after Sports Leader TSN uh, 1260. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you. We are live at the Cabin Pub and Party Jasper Ave and 116th Street. The uh, calm before the storm and, of course, a pivotal game for matchup tonight. The Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. Will we see a close game? We really haven't seen a close game in the series. Vegas dominated uh, games one and game three and I know the scoreboard said game one was close but I don't really think it was a territorial play or anything like that. Game two was obviously all Edmonton. So uh, will that trend continue tonight or will we have a little bit of stress for the fans? Who knows? We'll see. Let's get to the uh, playoff report brought to you by Tenacor. You have an upcoming plant shutdown? Worried about getting a replacement part or a new piece of equipment? Need it rushed? Call the team at Tenacore to source and supply with what you need, when you need it, where you need it. Tenacore, it's two N's, dot com. And uh, we are joined by a former NHLer analyst for the Vegas Golden Knights, Shane Niney. Joins us again. Uh, Shane, welcome back to the show, my man. It's uh, It's been a very unique series because it's kind of really been three dominant performances uh, so far. Vegas in game one and three and Edmonton in game two. Any idea why? Do you recall a series where, you know, it hasn't really been close where both teams have played well? Well, I think it's the round, round two outside of Toronto, Florida. Even though that series 3 nothing, it's uh, with Seattle and Dallas and even to some extent Carolina and New Jersey and you know what? It's interesting. I've tried to figure it out. I think what we're seeing now is there's such a high level of skill in the league. Like, no league seems safe, league seems safe this season. And even in playoffs, you know, I did a couple of those Oilers games against the Kings and lead swings. But for whatever reason, it's whoever gets the lead now. There hasn't been the pushback for some reason. And it's an interest, it's interesting how it's gone. I really don't know if there's an explanation and you say, I heard you talking about it. I'd like to see both these teams bring their best and, and see what happens rather than, you know, one's kind of had their way so far in these games. Um, but lots of series left. I'll be excited to see uh, how the game goes tonight. You look at Vegas and uh, Aiden Hill. Uh, you look at him, he came in, he wasn't tested a ton, but hey, uh, what your goalie's job is to stop the pucks that are faced to you, and he stopped all 22 of them. Probably gives him a little bit more confidence. He makes his first playoff start. It really hasn't mattered who's played goal in Vegas this year, because uh, the team in front of them plays so well. They, they set an NHL record. I think it was five consecutive games, five different goalies got a win, which is crazy uh, when you think about it. But, what you know, what what are your expectations from Aiden Hill? I think they're the same as the team. They didn't know normally anybody on the outside looking in. They're going, you know, Aiden Hill, you know, does he have the experience? But I think one thing I've seen, well, and I never thought I would, is the last two seasons the goaltending has been cuckoo here. It's whoever's up. Even in year one, it was nuts. So I think they built in early that they're comfortable with whoever's in. And Aiden Hill has performed well. You know, before Brossois kind of took over at the end of the year, it was Aiden Hill's net after Thompson got hurt. So 
you know, all these goalies have built confidence and had the net for a period of time this year, that mainly being, you know, Thompson, Hill, Brossois, Quick gave some good games. And, of course, Patera got called up and played well. But uh, I'd say Aiden Hill, uh, you know, Sean Burke is really pleased with his game and worked with him a lot this year. And, uh, um, yeah, they're kind of that next man up mentality because, you know, you can't, you can't overthink the situation. It's uh, you know such an important position that was valued for so many years. It was like you need a goalie. Well, now we're seeing in a lot of series one, two different goalies going in, and uh, it's rotating around the teams that are left. So um, it'll be interesting though now his first start, how he's going to feel. It's a little different emotion and mindset than getting just thrown in where you don't have time to think about it like he did last game. The, the matchups and, and, you know, Jack Eichel, it's his first time around in the, in the NHL playoffs. And, it, you know, he wasn't bad against Winnipeg by any stretch, but the points have really come. Uh, him and Marcia so Marcia so specifically, he was looking for his first goal. And Cassie looked like a, a fortune teller when he said, hey, I think he's really close before game three. And then, boom, he lights it up for, for two goals. But well, what have you made of Eichel's first appearance in the uh, in the NHL playoffs? And the fact that uh, I was looking at it, like, he just doesn't get scored on very much, Shane. And that's what I'm looking at is, yeah, you want him, and I think that's the next kind of, you know, if he's taking a step in playoffs, kind of easing his way, and he scored some big power play goals in the Winnipeg series that got him going. But he has really bought into Cassidy's uh, defensive structure, and he's a really good defensive centerman because he utilizes all those things that he can in the corner. He's a big, strong, powerful guy that can skate, move. He's got a long stick. And he bought into the defensive positioning, where to be as a centerman, support, quick on closing plays. Um, so that, I think, you know, maybe his first playoffs, he wants to make sure he continued that over because I think that's something that had, you know, was a task that was presented to him, a challenge, so be at the start of the year, to be a good defensive. And he has. Now it's about, okay, well, they still need him at the other end, right? He, he's the most talented guy offensively. Let's get you going. And I think... Last game was a real good step forward. And just like any offensive guy, I think, you know, getting touches, getting rewarded with those shots and those plays brings the confidence level up offensively. So um, he is an ultra-competitive guy. I've been very impressed with uh, how competitive he is wanting to win. And uh, Marsha so can be the same. The two of them have been together a lot. uh, And they brought Barbashev on that line. So we'll see how they continue and see if he can build off last game or – you know, the Oilers are going to have that pushback, that response, which is playoffs to me is it's about response game to game. The one thing we haven't seen a lot is the response in game. How do you handle being down a goal, two goals, three goals? You know, at times, it, that's what I said, teams have had the ability. They always feel they're never out of it. But this series, we haven't seen the in-game response from whoever is behind by a few yet. No, it, uh, I haven't seen much of it at all. Uh, Shane Nani joins us at the Sports Theater TSN. 1260. Uh, Shane, from a Vegas perspective, do you see the matchups being any significant difference if McDavid and Drysaddle are, are separate? Because they started game one separate. That lasted, I think, like 10 minutes, and they were down, and then they went uh, with Yanmark got injured. They had 10 forwards, so that was kind of out the door. But do you see it changing anything in how Cassie would approach this game if indeed McDavid and Drysaddle are running solo all night? I don't think so. You know, they, they've been confident all year with you know, all four lines against anybody. That said, there's certainly some soft matchups they look for. I think Carlson is one of the best defensive centers. Stevenson, you can throw in there. And then I mentioned Eichel. Those would be the top three, but they're just as comfortable with Nick Waugh. You know, so the first matchup, they probably look for, I would think, Carlson on McDavid. 
Um, and then maybe Stevenson is a little stronger in Eichel against Dreisaitl. Uh That said, you know, there, there's – and then they'll match – they'll try and match their demons. So, you know, Petrangelo and Martinez usually get the big match up. And then, you know, Hagen Whitecloud have really stepped up as kind of guys they don't mind shut down as well with McNabb and Theodore. So I, I think that – you know, that has been the strength. And I know we've talked about it, uh, you know, all series, Vegas, their depth, and people are tired of it. But that's – that's what they used all year long uh, to get through is just finding a way, different guys, different nights, and the ability to, to roll everyone through the lineup and feel comfortable and not have to worry about matchups. That's why I think their road record was so good this season. Shane, great stuff, man. We'll see you at the rink. Uh, I'm hoping for a more competitive game four tonight. I am. I'm, I'm still in Vegas, but I'll, I'll be watching. All right. Okay, man. Well, we'll uh, we won't see you at the game, but uh, we'll see yeah. you on TV. Have yourself a good one. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. Shane ninety from uh, Las Vegas as the uh, Golden Knights and the Oilers. So, question to you: Do you want to split up McDavid or Drysdale, or do you want to run with them? What would you do if you were Jay Woodcroft to start Game Four solo or together? Text in at ten twelve sixty. We'll come back. Uh, we're going to play a little uh, Eagle Rock trivia. Also here from uh, Warren Fogle and uh, Ryan McLeod. Two guys have had a, you know, a really good series. They finally got on a scoreboard. Can that lead to more goals? We'll find out next. Game day continues on. The Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. You can always get involved. You can text us at 101260. Email us in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Jay Greger at TSN1260.ca. Stop in at Jiffy Lube today. And guess what? They will give you a $20 gift card for a local Edmonton uh, area business to be used. So... Get a good oil change and get 20 bucks back in a GC right now at Jiffy Lube. Lots of text flying in. It's a 10-12-60. Uh, it seems like it, it's kind of split on the idea to uh, split them up. Hey, guys, McDavid and Drysaddle together. Get the matchup score first. That one comes in from uh, Calgary. Split them. Uh, they need a goalie to stand on their head. Need to play five-man defense. Need forwards backtracking. Need to forecheck hard and make them pay. Take and make them take more penalties. Having them on separate lines will increase that. Huh? So, well, you know, I see the understanding. If you have McDavid and Drysaddle separate, think about it. That means probably, what, 30 minutes of the 48, and I'm going by averages, about 48 minutes of five-on-five five per game. You're going to have 30 minutes of that with those two on the ice. It's a pretty big advantage, I would say. They, they, they played a part most of the year, more than, uh, I think it was 69% of the time. So, and they've had a lot of success with it. So I, I can understand if they go to it. The good news, you can always go back. Right? You can always say, oh, geez, it's 3-2. Here, we need a few shifts. Boom, we'll put them together. No big deal. Now, let's get to Help Me Understand, brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing, where uh, they are elite when it comes to uh, ensuring that your corporate event your corporate golf tournament has everything to make your company look fantastic they got pens they got it all you want notepads hey you want all company golf shirts they'll do it all elitepromomarketing.com so we've heard about this a lot so help me understand flush the game we gotta flush this feeling so i asked ryan mcleod how do you flush it what does it mean what do you do as a player to flush after a loss yeah, I think honestly, those ones are probably a little bit easier to, to wash away than, uh, than you know an OT loss or something like that. It kind of stings a bit more, but just you no, know, not all the stuff went right. We, you know, we didn't get, really get to our game plan at all. So, um, you know, we know how successful we could be when we when we get to our, our game, and we we stick with it the whole game. We showed in game two, but 
um, you know, it's going to take everyone. It's going to take a you know whole game, and we just didn't really have you know anyone or or any part of the game yesterday. So it didn't really say just say hey, you know what? Uh, it's easier sometimes when it's not a, an overtime loss, and, and I can understand. It's probably easier to look and say hey, we just didn't play well, right? Which is basically what he's saying. We really had hardly any of that. Now I would say I thought his line played well actually. I get he's not going to say it, but I thought him, Fogel, and Ryan were clearly the order's best line. No question about it. That's why I would keep them together to start the game tonight. And here's the thing. If McLeod and Fogel are using their speed and if other guys are struggling, like there's lots of numbers to support. You can bump up Warren Fogel and play him with Leon Drysaddle. And they've had a lot of success. Right, so you know there there is something to that. I know Fogel, he, he's not the best finisher, but he's he creates stuff. And they don't get scored on. So when they're being together. So it is another option that uh, that they could look at for sure. You know, it, it was it was interesting. Nick Bukestad talked about it earlier, how it's really one where you have to focus that you're not getting too down on yourself after a loss or too high. Like, look at us. I'm rocking and rolling. We won. So it, it is, I think, a lot of mental just in between the games to look at it and say, okay, how are the orders washing this away? And we'll find out because if you look back to last series, yes, they won games four, five, and six. But remember, game four did not start very well. They were down 3 nothing. They had an unreal second period. Leon Dreisaitl, not a surprise, scored two goals, including one with, was it, 10 seconds left in the period. Then they win in overtime. I don't think you can go down 3 nothing to Vegas in this game and expect to come back. I really don't. Uh, Edmonton has done a very good job of scoring first all three games. Unfortunately, they've relinquished that lead very quickly in games one and game three. Another good start would be great, but then you just got to keep foot on the gas and keep rolling. Lots more texts coming in at 10 12 60. Boys, the second line needs to get going. It'll be harder for Vegas to match up. So split up McDavid and Dry Settle. Plus, they're still together on the power play. It's very true. I agree with that. Right? And they've done that lots this year, but think about it. Kane, Nugent, Hopkins, I believe, need to get going more five on five. Right? They have to. They got to get going, and so it's probably. And Kane, the thing about Kane is like Kane's played with McDavid and Drysaddle, but maybe just playing with one of them, you know, and he'll feel a little bit more confident to have the puck more. We'll see, but uh, they need those guys going, no question. Kane's been involved physically, but now he needs to be involved on the score sheet for sure. Let's get to a little Eagle Rock trivia up for grabs. Round of golf for you to uh, tee it up at Eagle Rock. Go to EagleRockGolf.com. Now, this one, this one might be a little bit uh, more difficult. But, hey, we, we've had an uh, you know, easier one. So, Jordan Martinuk, we, we mentioned it earlier. Jordan Martinuk became the third player in NHL history to have nine or more points in a series after having zero points in the team's first round. Only two other players did it. One of them, the Oilers faced in the Stanley Cup final in the 1980s. You know the play. If you can name either one of them, one's a very famous player. uh, And so both these guys are pretty high offensive players. One's quite famous. The other one, pretty good career. Pretty solid player. But the Oilers faced him in the Stanley Cup final. We'll wait, see if you know the answer right away. If not, maybe we'll give you a few hints. Text it into 10-12-60. 
Jordan Martinuk, the third player in NHL history to go from zero points in a series to then having nine or more in the next series. It's quite the turnaround for uh, for Martinuk. It's been unreal. And the Hurricanes need him with Teravainen out and Svechnikov out, him stepping up. And you know when a guy like that produces it just the, the rest of your room is going blah. We've got a the order's never played Marilyn Mew in a Stanley Cup final. Okay. What hint? What would be a decent hint? Um, hmm. The guy that they played in the Stanley Cup final. We'll give some hints just because that's a, a little bit easier. He's American. Okay. So we'll see if you know that. There's the first hit. He's American. Also scored 100 points one year in the National Hockey League. Sounds like we lost Gregor. Uh, we'll try to get him back here. In the meantime, uh, we'll get to the rest of that little conversation Gregor had with Oilers forward Ryan McLeod. You guys scored a goal. Your line's your line's been creating lots. You, you finally get rewarded. I know for Fogel, that was a big goal for him. But Vegas rolls four lines. You played a lot against. You played a lot against the Eichel line in the first two games and, and did pretty well. The the matchups in this series, just the way the game has been, like it seems like they come at you more than LA did, and maybe what, when you guys in game two definitely came at them more. How, how do you ensure, like, that would seem like it's an easier style to play, but for whatever reason in this series, one team's done it, and then the other one's had an off night. Yeah, I mean, against LA, they, they just sit back and kind of wait on our mistakes. I think we kind of just, uh, yeah, we slowed the game down and, and didn't really give them, uh, you know, many chances to, or we didn't give ourselves many chances to make mistakes. We were putting the puck in a lot. But against Vegas, they, you know, they play a quicker game, and, you know, they're up and down the sheet, and they have a lot of a lot of lines and good scores, so... Um, I think we just got to get back to managing pucks and, and making their D turn and kind of playing more in their zone than, than the transition game because them as a team, they, they're a transition team. They score well off the rush. So I think we could limit that. That comes to you know our advantage. Bruce Cassie talked about he was very happy with the amount of time his team spent below the goal line. Uh, a, because it keeps the opposition 200 feet from there, but also it's tiring to, you know, in the defensive zone coverage, maybe more mentally than physically, I think, at times. Just, oh, geez, here we are. We're playing defense again. How important is that? And in the course of a game, do you feel that, that when you are defending more, it just seems like it's a tougher game? You know, our, our strategy is to get the puck below the goal line and wear them down. So I think, you know, both teams probably the exact same strategy, just basically who gets to it first. And, uh, you know, last game I think they they did it for a longer period of time and and we couldn't really get to it. So I think yeah, it's tough when you have to defend in your own end. You know, no one wants to do that. Everyone wants to be playing offense. No one really wants to defend. So um, you know, it's obviously tiring and frustrating if you're just sitting in your own end the whole game. So. And uh, it was a rare schedule. You're on the week on the road for like over a week at a time. Now during the regular season, you go on road trips all the time, and people always talk about that. Well, the first game back seems to be harder for whatever reason. Was that the case at all, or is that an excuse? I think that's an excuse. I think we were ready to go. We just didn't execute to our uh, our strategy. I mean, yeah, like they came on the road too. We have you know great fans here, so we should have been ready to go, and you know we weren't, and you know it showed. There is Ryan McLeod. We had a little uh, technical difficulties here. Uh, we did get the correct answer, and uh, but not the one I had, the hint I was giving. I said if you get either one, it would be right. And the one hint I was going to say was the mustache man of the NHL, which would have been too obvious, and Lanny McDonald. But somebody guessed Lanny McDonald. So congratulations. Uh, you are the winner. You're going to tee it up at uh, Eagle Rock. You can book your D times at EagleRockGolf.com. The other answer was Craig Janney, which many of you, 
did eventually uh, end up getting uh, Craig Janney in 1988. Craig Janney had uh, no points in the second round, and then he scored um, 13 point, uh, sorry, nine points in uh, the conference finals. Lanny McDonald went from zero points in the first round, and then he had 13 in the division final in 1984. So uh, quite the turnaround for uh, Lanny and, of course, Craig Janney. And so far, who knows? Uh, Martin Nukes already at nine points could get into a double digits and join McDonald as the only two players to be in double digits after having zero in the previous round. Uh, Tom Gazzola is coming up next with the uh, pregame. Or actually, we're going to have the pre-pregame show at 6. Tom Gazzola, Connor Halley will be around at 6.30 for the pregame show. Oilers and Vegas, the uh, puck drop is around 8.10 tonight. On behalf of everyone here at the cabin pub and party i'm jason gregor have yourselves a fantastic night a happy uh, birthday to our, our former producer al curry you see her tonight buy her a shot and uh maybe a cab ride home we'll see how that goes cons enjoy the pregame show and uh the postgame show later on have yourselves a wonderful night let's get to the con man and a sports center update brought to you by bie engineering specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to B-I-E-E-N-G.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 